Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Runs Well Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. Me, Ben Hobson. And me, Jane Maguire. Today we're speaking with Kevin Quinn about his remarkable comeback story. Pretty impressive weekends all round. Not just the fact that it was Easter and we got to eat lots of chocolate, but uh, <laughs> there were some serious records being broken this yeah, weekend. Yeah, um, Rapid. Rapid running. Um, Ruth chepin uh broke the half marathon world record in Istanbul, running a, a 104.02. Oh, yeah. So beating the previous record by 29 seconds. Um, so much, isn't it? That's such a it's, that's such a it's chunk, such isn't it? It's not massive. like three seconds. It's like half a minute. Um, I can't do the math. What pace? What pace is that? That's a four fifty three mile, four fifty three minute mile. I know sub five. I'm can't, just cracking can't do one of them. sub fives. Just, can't do one of those. <laughs> yeah, I so, couldn't do yeah, one. Can't, certainly can do one for thirteen point one miles. Yeah, that's like so, half amazing. a mile for me. Yeah, that's sprinting. <laughs> that's my sprints. Those are my. That's my sprinting. No, <laughs> when you see me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's like that's like that's like flat out sprinting, isn't it? Exactly. Flat out sprinting, pretty much for thirteen miles. That's why she's a, a celebrated um, Olympic uh, runner, and we're a rec- and, and uh, a world yeah. record holder, Rick, a world record holder. <laughs> and a world she doesn't need holder, a podcast. So. She's fast. <laughs> I sometimes think that is quite funny, isn't it? Like, like we do. I'm very guilty of this, but we we have this sort of like um, disbelief, don't we, about like what what certain runners can achieve? I can't believe that Mo can run like you know 26 minutes for 10k. Why should I be surprised that he's like so much better than me? Do you mean like, yeah. why shouldn't he be? Why am I founding all of my like my whatever my benchmark and is my yeah my I couldn't do that. No. That's incredible. Oh wow, that's amazing. yeah because he's a he's a professional athlete. Oh yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you like? <laughs> does anyone think that when they watch like I don't know when they watch football or something? They go, oh, that's amazing that like that person can score like a 35 yard free kick I've hardly ever done that at Sunday <laughs> <laughs> it's strange yeah. anyway sorry there's more be more records I've been I'm interrupting no, no it's, it's good chat and and I think this is the more sort of uh, it's not the more interesting well yeah let's say it's more interesting of the records from the yeah, weekend let's go yeah, yeah, yeah sure it's with Beth, with Beth Potter um, the 29 year old ran the second fastest road 5k ever by a female athlete um, finishing in 14 minutes 41 seconds um, wow yeah, so not 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 yet ratified as a world record due to um, World Athletics have to make sure there was no doping and accuracy of course measurement and the size of the laps of the race that she ran and all that sort of officials have begun the process of uh, deciding whether or not it's official. But still, fourteen, uh, yeah, fourteen forty one. And and Beth is actually best known as a triathlete, right? Yeah, she so is. She's yeah. not actually coming with this sort of like incredible track pedigree or whatever. No, um, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And my favourite, a... if you if you find her Instagram, I think it's 
Beth Potter 91. She posted, we'll regram it on our account. She posted this be- like brilliant photo where she's just like shocked and she's just like, what happened? Like, what? And she just did it by complete accident, which I love. Like, obviously, she's trained and she's an athlete and she's super fit, but she didn't go out there trying to do that. She was just running, running her best life. Is that a new, is that a new? F- saying that i've just run, made run up your best, that's like a t-shirt we yeah. get on to run your best life that's a new section Three. of the podcast running your best life <laughs> and merch, with that's the next the next t-shirt we make um that'll be on it but yeah that's i just think yeah, yeah. it's just brilliant i love it every single image from that whole night that i've seen now on social media is her looking like she's absolutely gunning it. The running is phenomenal. She's just cr- like you can. Ju- every single picture is her just powering through, and then everything after the finish line is shock and yeah, sort of shock, mild, mild confusion. Yeah, <laughs> mild confusion. Oh wait, a sec- this is mental. And then yeah, amazing, amazing running. She was. Um, I mean, I'm going to bring it. I'm going to just do some shoe chat, which will you know. Yeah, no, I think it's. I think it's. It, you know, it diminishes her. Worth saying. It is, but she was. She was in a pair of the new Asics. Um, yeah. Who's, what's your name? I'm not Meta Speed. Meta, oh, I don't know. Meta Speed. I think it was Meta Speed. I wrote the story this morning, and I can't remember. It's something I think meta, it was isn't it? Speed. Something meta. Anyway, find it. not important. She ran the race. <laughs> she is the athlete. She is the one with the engine that powers her to this victory. Yeah, but still nice to see. I, I don't know, just interesting to see a non-Nike, a, non, a non-Nike victory. I, th- I think that I think that's true, mate. Because yeah. I think, it, yeah, it's it's. Um, we've talked about it before, haven't we? That if you're a non-Nike athlete and, and yet you still want to compete, yeah. Maybe t- a year ago, you had pretty limited options as far as like what footwear you've got. But it now seems like other brands are kind of closing closing the gap so i think it is it actually is i think it is actually something to be celebrated otherwise it's a bit like the formula one thing isn't it where like oh you're not you're not uh mclaren are you okay you can't win yeah, yeah for sure no nah, but um <laughs> it was it was yeah, it was just such a good it was one of those really good like uh stories just to pop up from the weekend where you just saw someone looking really surprised that they were very very fast <laughs> well speaking of very quick people let's uh let's get on our guest of the week guest of the week Sometimes on the phone Could be an athlete Could be a physio Or a complete unknown Of all the possible outcomes of finding out he had four holes in his heart it seems unlikely that would make Kevin Quinn a better runner yet that's exactly what's happened Following an eight-hour operation in February 2016 Kevin has gone from strength to strength He won the virtual New York Marathon last year and recently helped Steph Davis to an Olympic qualifying time at the British Olympic Marathon Trials Kevin, welcome to the Runners World podcast Let's start then with um, the Olympic Marathon Trials because you were there um, pacing uh, some of the female runners paced Steph Davis to her qualifying time um that must be an absolutely amazing experience so can you tell us a little bit about it yeah of course i can it, it was a, a fantastic experience and uh super enjoyed it um so tom bedford i've known tom for a while he uh he contacted me and asked if i could help him out um and um also uh, another one of my uh, coaches that coaches in in schools and does a bit of coaching for team real runners josh grace i thought it'd be great the two of us pacing pacing these women um <clears throat> i was a bit nervous if i'm honest because although i've been training and training's been going kind of fairly well but uh you know the, the times that these girls are running um thought, oh my god can i can i actually keep up for 30k like it's gonna this is gonna be hard work um but it was just a super well-organized event. 
Um, there was a great buzz, really good atmosphere. Kew Gardens is beautiful. And it was wonderful to help, you know, the likes of Steph obviously achieve something incredible uh, by qualifying for the for the Olympics. You said sort of the atmosphere and there was a buzz because, I mean, I guess most people would assume that you'd need crowds and, and spectators for there to be that atmosphere. But as just the athletes together, I guess there's this sort of, uh, I don't know, yeah, just the, the athletes themselves generate enough nervous tension to make it sort of feel really important. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the start, we, you know, all warming up in Kew Gardens, people in different directions, you know, you see the likes of Callum, you know, Jake Smith, Lily Partridge, obviously Steph, it, you know, Tomo, you, you know, you have the, you know, the best athletes and the, the best endurance athletes in the country there. Um, you know, Kew Gardens, seven o'clock in the morning, it, it was just a unique awesome experience um you know dave bedford who's who's a character he was there gave us a pep talk before the start um you know you had the motorcycle with the cameras on it it was just a good buzz um and because it was laps you know that you had a section where there was a lot of people handing the drinks out and um kind of cheering the athletes on so you know you every time you come around to that section there was a big roar um yeah it was it, it was a brilliant brilliant experience i loved it i feel like the pacers are off of often um kind of unsung heroes i guess like we've all we've all been in a race and probably relied on a pacer at some point do you think um it was kind of more rewarding knowing that you've helped steph get to the olympics like that's huge it doesn't get bigger really does yeah, it yeah totally jane it, it, i think that was it it was like, right, okay, this is a big job we've got to do. Um, and to kind of tick that box and see it happen, um, it was super rewarding. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you say about the pressure it's, uh, on you guys, there was, she was hot on your heels. There was, no, there was certainly, watching it, yeah. she was, uh, you know, it's a hard job as a pacer because you're pacing for everyone and not just one athlete. But when someone is quite clearly leading the charge and hot on your heels, did you feel that you had to sort of stick to the rules or were you sort of tempted to like nudge on a bit just to help Steph go? To be honest, we were asked to, to go to 30K uh, with a pace, go through in 74 minutes and keep that pace going up until 30K. So you kind of, that was your job. And, you know, we stuck through it. I think we went through in 74.05 um, and yeah, maybe got a little bit quicker uh, to 30K. But you could tell Steph was itching to go. Yeah, it was really interesting watching it, just sort of how she was, I mean, doing a perfect job of just sitting behind you, getting out of the wind and just sort of, and using you as exactly as, as you should a pacer. But yeah, you could sort of, she was sort of almost chomping at the bit to just get around you almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, I said to Josh, as we approached 30k, you know, should one of us carry on? Like, you know, do, do you want to carry on? And I'll be honest, I was relieved when Josh said... <laughs> <laughs> I'll carry on. So uh, yeah, I was uh, I was kind of showing a lot of teeth off and licking the window, so to speak, at thirty k. So, uh, yeah. I think I think that's fair enough, Kevin. That's fair. Enough. I, quite, I like the idea of just being able to pace a seventy-four minute half marathon. Just like yeah, just pace someone to a one fourteen half marathon. Um, can we talk a little bit about your running then, Kevin? Because um, yeah, yeah, cool. it's, it's an it's an amazing journey that you've been on with lots of ups and downs. But can you just tell us briefly how you how you got started because you've been running for all your life right 
to go back, um, so my my younger sister had cerebral palsy. Um, I had a younger sister, Lucy, who had cerebral palsy. And she sadly died when she was three years old. Um, and it was obviously just a, a terrible time for all of us, my mum, my dad, my brother and my sister. Um, and there was a local race, London, obviously London Mini Marathon, but there was the trial race for my borough. And it was happening on the same day as her anniversary. Um, and I'd taken up running just to kind of run and think about her. It was it was kind of my time to just just think about Lucy. You know, I was uh, this this young boy. I guess it was my way of kind of dealing with it, feeling a bit of connection with her. So there was a race on her anniversary, and I was determined to make the team. And it was nine kids qualified to participate in the London Me Marathon. And I finished ninth, just made the team. Um, so I was super excited. Um, and that evening I went home and there was a program on ITV called The Help Squad, which was presented by Michael Parkinson and Annabelle Giles, I think it was. Um, I may have got that wrong, but it was definitely Michael Parkinson. And I, and they were looking for athletes who were participating in the London Marathon to raise money for adults and children with cerebral palsy. So I wrote a letter in um, and sent it off. And then about a week later, they contacted us and they asked me to go on the show and uh, go to, to to this unit where all these children and adults were living with your cerebral palsy. And, and we raised some money for them and we raised a hell of a lot of money. And off of the back of that, I kind of just, yeah, fell in love with running really, um, raised I think, you know, thousands of pounds for this amazing charity um, and had great experience at London Mini Marathon. So that was it. I was I was kind of hooked as an 11-year-old you, you were in at that point, yeah. It's yeah. A, it's yeah. A, that's, I mean, it's twofold, phenomenal. I mean, a, an, ama- an amazing story. But it's, it's, um, it's really interesting how you have got that. Uh, as, as a guy who's obviously just been pacing someone at the Olympic trials, it's obviously like a high-end performance side of running that you, you like and competition and those sorts of things. But lots of people get into running because of the charity side. And I feel like it's so interesting to hear that that was what spurred you into it. Oh, definitely. I, you know, looking back, had that race, had that trial race not been on Lisa's anniversary, you know, I've, I'm, I may have never taken running up properly, but I... You know, as I said, I used to run, but um, yeah, it was just the fact it was on our anniversary and I thought, oh, this is a bit of a coincidence. And yeah, the whole money that we raised through charity, uh, through the London Marathon for that charity and seeing how many lives that it impacted, the parents as well, supporting them. Um, yeah, it, that was it. I was hooked and uh, yeah, ever since then, been running. So you, you did the mini marathon and you raised money and when did... When did you get spotted? Like, who kind of said this kid's quick? Like, how did how did it go? What happened so next? I I think I, I came through first scorer in the London Mini Marathon, so I'd qualified as this kid that had finished ninth in the trials, and uh, yeah, then beat all those lads that beat me in the trials and come through first. And uh, thought, you know what? I'm I've got I'm, I'm not bad at this. I'm all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, just. I, I got picked up by a coach, um, uh, carried on training and then went to, yeah, quite a few English schools as a kid, which is again, a fantastic experience. Um, and then 
just got quicker, I guess, just trained harder, just got quicker. Um, then went to university and yeah, I'll be honest, actually, I went to university and my running probably took a, a little bit of a back step. Um, <laughs> good just because of all the hard study because yeah. of all the hard yeah. study though kevin right obviously all that, that time all that the time books. in the library yeah yeah definitely that was it i had my head in the book so uh yeah a few <laughs> runs had to be parked up um <laughs> but um i yeah came back uh i was at winchester university loved it came back and then did a master's at st mary's university and anyone that knows st mary's university it's just a real running magnet a uh, hub of running uh bushy park richmond park and you know you've got the pace sports management had the east africans quite often training in bushy park so you go for a little run and you, know, you see these olympic champions and world record holders so it's you know pretty inspiring um and um yeah then kind of really got back into it through st mary's um and one of the lads that was at st mary's a guy called peter Riley good friend of mine he uh he was doing london mini marathon and uh watched him run it was his debut he finished 12th ran 214 uh 214 11 i think it was he ran 6706 6705 splits um and uh yeah i was my my dad kind of said to me right you know next year you got to do that i'd love to see you do it he was super proud of pete and uh yeah, unfortunately, next day he died. So uh, it was, it was like, oh, right, wow. okay, I've got to, I've got to do London Marathon, and uh, hmm. it was, yeah, it was, it was a rough, rough time for all of us. But uh, that was it. I was, I was training for London Marathon, and I guess ever since then, I've kind of considered myself a marathon runner. You talk about your life, Kevin. You actually, I'm more aware of the amount of loss that, that is in there um, for you, and you also had this huge health scare um, following, was it following the, uh, the London Marathon or a marathon where you, you realised something might be wrong with, with yeah. your heart? Can you, tell, can you tell us about that? So, so yeah, so I, um, so I did London Marathon, kind of run it in memory of my dad, again, raised loads of money for British Heart Foundation. He died of heart attack. Um, and then took a couple years out from running marathons, um, actually had a family, um, and my wife and I, I think my first marathon was in 2006. Um, and then, yeah, did Hamburg Marathon, I think, in 2012. And then did London Marathon in 2015. And really trained quite hard for us. I'd, I'd done the homework, so to speak. Uh, I ran 225, uh, blew up a little bit, was a bit disappointed. Um, but after the race, just felt something not quite right in my chest. Um, I'd be lying in bed in the evening and it just, it just felt odd. Can't really describe it. Just weird beats and a little bit of pain here. And then it would go. Um, and because now I had, you know, I got three young kids and everything that had happened with my dad, I thought, you know, like this, I should probably get this checked out. I'm sure it's nothing, but it might be something. Um, so I went to my GP. They, said look you know you just run this you run this marathon i'm sure it's fine you know you, you i'm sure there's nothing wrong with your heart you've just run a 225 marathon um yeah. so i kind of thought okay that's that's cool uh, they think i'm okay 
Um, and then a couple of friends suggested going to cardiac risk in the young. Um, one of the guys, uh, a great friend of mine, Kojo Kareem, he was working at St. George's Hospital. Um, and he said cardiac risk in the young are based at uh, St. George's Hospital. You know, let, let's see if we can get you in there and managed to get an appointment. And they did all the checks um, and said, look, you know, we work on a, a traffic light system. One thing has flagged up amber, but everything else looks OK. So, um, you know, I'm sure you'll be absolutely fine. So I thought, OK, right, I've, 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 done, I've done the homework. I've, I've had it checked out by two people now. Everything should be good. Um, and as I was leaving, a young student nurse, she came jogging up and she tapped me on the shoulder and said, look, can we scan your heart? just to compare athletes' hearts to the general public. Um, and I was in a bit of a rush. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I said, okay, look, I'm happy to do that, but, you know, how long would it take? And she, she said, oh, 10 minutes, 10 minutes max. So put me into a room, laughing and joking. She scanned my heart and she just stopped talking. Um, and then she was taking loads of images uh, off the computer, screenshots. and. Um, then she just said, can you take a seat over there? And I was sitting in the corner of this room for about 10 minutes and all of a sudden these different cardiologists came in and the guy that just said we work on a traffic light system said, like, actually, this is red here. Like, you know, it's no longer amber. This is, this is red. And, uh, and uh, well, okay, cool. What, what's wrong with it? And, yeah, they said, look, you've got four holes in your heart. And the biggest is 1.78 centimeters, and uh, wow, that's yeah, massive. Yeah, pretty serious. Yeah, that's, it's that sounds big. huge for a, your heart. Like that's that's in, that's wow. And that was just in one of the chambers. So uh, yeah, I mean, basically one of the it was the top top two chambers. Um, it it was huge. It was, there was just a massive crossover of blood. They showed me on the computer, and you could just see the the blood um, just going back and forth in these chambers, red and blue, red and blue. And uh, they, they kind of said, look, we need to operate pretty quickly because the potential of a, a clot bypassing that hole and then finding its way to your brain. Um, so, yeah, the next three, four months was just whizzed by appointments and saw specialists and, yeah, it, just, it, it was just nuts, really. God. so that's so mad. like so that scan saved your life in a way yeah i mean you know who who knows it's uh who knows what would have happened but i am forever indebted to cardiac risk in the young and and the, the the student nurse as well i mean had she not picked it up yeah god knows what would have happened um and yeah it was uh it was just bizarre i remember saying to him i've just run 225 for the marathon how can i have holes yeah. in my heart <laughs> Yeah, that does. That's that is incredible. I mean, it, it, it's a kind of a testament, I guess, to how brilliant the human body is that it can still do these things. And like, you know, what I mean, it sounds it sounds utterly ridiculous that you'd be able to run so quickly with a hole, a basically a nearly two centimeter hole in the chamber of your heart. But um, so how, uh, in terms of in terms of recovery, like what? How, I mean, you had heart surgery. That's no that's no small thing. And then. How did you sort of recover from that? Where did, how did the sort of, what was the prognosis? So they, I, every appointment I went to, typical runner, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when can I run again? Yeah. yeah. When can I run again? And if you patch me up, am I going to be quicker? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and they, they kind of said to me, you've been losing between 20, 25% of oxygen every heartbeat your whole life. Because I was born with this defect I never knew about. And uh, so, um, so I was, you know, I was desperate just to get back running. Um, and uh, actually the week before I had heart surgery, I, I did the, I, I did a race. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a Parliament Hill. It was a tough cross country race. And I went off pretty hard. And uh, yeah, just then started to panic. It's you know, oh my God, I'm having heart surgery in seven days time. What am I doing? And so I, I, I stopped. Um, dropped out of this race and I remember that whole journey the realization of oh my goodness I'm actually having heart surgery this is a big thing because it just happened so quick that I never really had time to think about the seriousness of what was happening um, so yeah had the surgery at Guys and St Thomas's and they were amazing so good um, you, you kind of went in um, yeah, went in and they kind of kicked me out a couple of days later. Um, but it was like a conveyor belt. There was loads of people having similar surgery there. Um, my couple of nights uh, on the on the ward, I met these two two blokes, Jim. They were both called Jim and they were both 72 and they just had a quad, quadruple bypass. And uh, it was great listening to their stories. And, you know, they, they were telling me that they were good runners back in the day. And, you know, I... I I, I didn't tell them that I ran. Um, <laughs> but they they were lovely, and you know they had this yeah as I say quadruple bypass, and you know twelve hours later they were up and taking themselves to the toilet. You know guys and St Thomas's were phenomenal, um, and then yeah they kind of just said look no running for twelve to sixteen weeks. We need to make sure that the device in your heart. Um, kind of stay stable if you run and you jig it about and it it made dislodge then you know that's, that's that's that could be really bad that could be fatal so didn't run for 16 weeks um and then just gradually built it up um you know like it may have been you know like a one minute one minute run one minute walk and you know got up to a mile got up to two miles but within 12 weeks i felt pretty fit again um yeah felt felt fit felt almost like this legal epo so to speak <laughs> yeah. you know yeah right uh, well, just having having the normal levels of oxygen in your blood that's <laughs> it you know since they put this little bit you know patched it up so to speak um um and then i think it was like six or seven months later maybe a little bit longer actually maybe seven to eight months later i did the i did a cross-country race i've been trying to win my whole life the surrey cross-country uh, championships and it's division one it's it's a, anyone that kind of knows the division one surrey league it's it's a tough field and uh and uh one of the guys there who was hoping to win i won't mention his name but he came up to me and he said to me uh you know, like who's the, who's the guys to watch out for today? And I said, oh, you know, this guy, that guy. Obviously, didn't say myself. And uh, the gun went off, and the first mile was four thirty-two, and I was leading Ooh. it. Wow! And, uh, cross on cross country as well. Yeah, wow. Cross country in Ridden yeah. Park, and uh, I'd got away from the pack, 
I thought, you know, God, like, I'm either really fit here or this is stupid. Like, I'm going to die here today. <laughs> this is it. It's all going to end. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I managed to hold on for the win. And I, I think everyone was shocked. Um, and, yeah, I guess it just it, it proved, you know, like with a working heart, you know, an actual proper working heart, you know, maybe, you know, I could, could run quicker than I'd ever run before. Um, this is the Runner's World Podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Is, is there any part of you kevin like hearing you say that i wonder if like is there any regret that you maybe didn't find this out earlier because i guess by the time you found it out maybe something like maybe the olympics for instance they probably possibly weren't going to happen for you just due to your age or, or whatever but if you maybe if you found out yet you, you had a you know you needed heart surgery when you were 21 you might have you might be not you know gone on to do great things at an international level do you ever think about that yeah so you know sometimes but uh, you know you, you you can't kind of look at your glass half empty can you you know yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, you know I've, I've i've loved everything i've achieved you know through running you know having having the heart fixed and obviously having the holes in the heart and you know i'm just i'm just grateful that i'm able to you know, i'm 41 now and I'm i'm still running really well and i guess Maybe had I not had the heart patched up, I wouldn't be in this position where I am now, still running, you know, pretty fast. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I sometimes do think, you know, I wonder what I could have run. But equally, I say to the young kids that run quicker than me, look, you know, you know, I got pretty close to you, and I, I had four holes in my heart. Imagine what I could have done with that. <laughs> yeah. So that's my excuse, yeah. so to speak. Fair enough. No, fair I enough. Think- I think listening to this and everyone who is going to listen to this tonight or tomorrow, whenever they're listening, you're so positive. And it's like, in fact, like your perspective is amazing that you've gone through all this and you're just like glass, glass half full. Do you think the health scare, is it, has it made you 
more grateful than ever to be able to log those miles. Yeah, definitely. I, I'll be honest, the, the, the thing that motivates me um, and, and kind of, I guess, in terms of what being positive is being a nine-year-old kid and you see, you know, seeing my sister, three years old, struggling every single day, you know, struggle to walk, struggle to talk, but she still smiled. And my parents, who were just incredible people, so positive with her. Um, you know, you kind of see those struggles and you, you, you just think, right, okay, yeah, like, okay, I've, I've had all this happen to me, but I, I draw upon that as my motivation to just be grateful that I am here doing something that I love and able to put one foot in front of the other. Oh, amazing. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It's really nice, really nice to hear that because you don't often hear that so much from people at the sharp end of the sport. There's always a sort of, you know, there's a sort of a, a stoic athletic sort of chat that comes out, which is always very sort of like performance driven and all those sorts of things. Whereas actually when it's all founded in an inspiration or a desire to just seize an opportunity, it kind of comes that just that just then transcends the whole journey almost just the way you talk about running it's it's really nice to hear it's sort of it's a very different very different uh take on on getting into it certainly from someone who's you know achieving you know great fast times oh cheers thank you i want to talk about the virtual new york marathon chemistry because you actually won this virtual new york marathon last year so i think there was thousands of thousands of people um doing their own version of New York and um yeah can you tell us like how you went about it and how it felt to to win a, a massive event like that yeah that that was a brilliant experience also um so um New Balance contacted me and they asked if I could help out some athletes um with their marathon journey uh leading into the virtual New York marathon um and it was a you know it was a fantastic campaign they they were putting this campaign on with Intersport and really privileged to be part of it so i coached these uh three wonderful people um esther haroon and paul through their journey and um i wasn't actually going to participate in the new york marathon i was just there just to help out with coaching and uh yeah i thought you know a couple of days beforehand like let's give it a go let's kind of see what kind of shape i'm in training had been going really well um so i kind of you know as you did as you do, I had a big bowl of pasta the night before, I had a cold bath, got all my gear together um, and headed over to Dulwich Park, parked my car about a mile away and um, kind of, yeah, run into the park and then ran tons of laps around the park. Um, I had a couple of, couple of my guys from Team Real Runners, some of the athletes that I coached, they were going to run the first 10K with me. And we agreed maybe six minute mile in. And the first mile was, I think, like 5.30. I thought, God, I, I, I dropped these poor lads. They had come down at half six in the morning, driven miles to meet me. And I just ran away from them. Um, and I thought, you know, I've, I've made the bed now. I've got to lie in this. So, uh, yeah, just, just felt great the whole way. Felt really good. Um, had New Balance, one of the chaps from New Balance, he was on the bike filming um so that that kind of there was a bit of motivation there um yeah and 223 or 48 i think it was i ended up running um and i saw quite a few people in the park running the opposite way and could see their looks on 
on their faces like what is kev doing he's, he's running pretty quick here like but he's <laughs> <laughs> he must be on you know quite a few laps here you, you mentioned the real runners there Kevin, which is the the company you got can you tell us a little bit um, more about that and the kind of i guess kind of training philosophy that you're um that you've got there yeah so set real runners up in 2006 i think it was so it's been going been going for a while and we work with corporations kind of well-being projects and we work in schools um delivering extracurricular programs but i guess during covid we've really focused on trying to create a community, a running community. Um, and it's been phenomenal. We've had people that have done, you know, your, your couch to 5K and then others that are kind of targeting super fast marathons. Um, and it's been brilliant. It's, it's been great uh, getting involved in the whole coaching setup and, you know, yeah, just seeing people strive and be the best versions of themselves. It's And, it, and it's motivated me to... I continue to strive and run quick times myself. So, so it's quite a broad thing. To, so it's not it's not just um, the, the sort of super quick runners that are part of this. It's actually runners of all abilities would are, are part of real runners. Absolutely, yeah. You know, we have, have uh, people that are hoping to cover a mile for the first time um, that just want a bit of accountability and some support and some motivation. And then, yeah, then we have others that you know are hoping to run sub 230 for the marathon so it's a, a, a big range there um, um and we have now we we recently put together um, a fantastic instagram running club whereby um we we have close to 100 people now that are part of that and uh i will set a training schedule uh, a weekly training schedule with two interval sessions and different tasks different virtual events for them to participate in and then the next day, I stick on a video explaining the purpose and how to how to approach those training sessions, and that's been great because you know you can only coach so many people. Uh, the bespoke coaching is fantastic, but you know time is limited. Whereas this, it's much more accessible to to however many people, and it's great. I'm loving watching that community grow and seeing people comment on one another's Strava's posts and. Yeah, I mean, it really is creating a, a fantastic buzz and terrific community, and it's 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 pretty cheap as well. It's next to nothing, really. Um, New Balance have kindly supported that as well. So every month, New Balance are donating a pair of trainers. We're doing a raffle to all the members, and yeah, it's been a couple of happy runners there that you know that, that have been picked as the uh, as the monthly raffle winners. So yeah, I bet. yeah, everyone loves everyone loves new shoes. That's, yeah, yeah, definitely, cool. definitely. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, do you um, have any? Were you ever given any advice when you first started running? And do you, with certain running marathons? And do you have any sort of, uh, you know, wonderful soundbite advice for anyone who wants to run their best marathon? So yeah, I think you know, one, you have to do the homework. Two, you got to listen to your body. Doesn't matter if you've got a coach out there that, you know, or you're following a plan online your body is the best judge of how you are feeling so it's super important to listen to that um you know if you don't you just end up putting yourself in a hole and just keep on digging deeper into that hole so so listen to your body on that journey if it's telling you a rest day it needs listen to it um and then as you approach that race i think uh you know kind of the best bit of advice i can give is probably get get bored before you get tired you know it's 
you're going to feel great early on, but I promise you, you won't feel great at mile 20. So get bored before you get tired is, <laughs> is, a, is a good bit of advice. I love That's that. good, that. Yeah, I like that. That's good. <laughs> Kevin, thanks so much for, uh, for making the time to, to speak to us on the Runswell podcast. Such an amazing story on, on so many levels, the, the, the comeback aspect, the inspiration for getting into running in the first place, and, and also the advice for, for other people who'd be looking to make their own running journey. So thank you again for your time. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. It's been been great chatting to all of you guys. This is the Runner's World Podcast. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runner's World Podcast. Thanks very much to our guest, Kevin Quinn, and to you, of course, for listening. After a very brief hiatus, you can once again subscribe to three issues of Runner's World for just £5. Head to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash Runner's World Podcast to get this exclusive listener offer. The Run As Well podcast is available on Acast, iTunes and all your favourite podcast apps. Just search Run As Well UK and click subscribe. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.